Hello, 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 and welcome to the Vagabond Way podcast. The journey goes ever on with The Long Road. This episode, a sprinkling of magic. Back together once again, The Long Road meet up digitally to talk about their new single, On a Bridge Across the River, uh, and the tight ropes to be walked as writing and composing musicians who also record their own music. When is too much too much? When is not enough not enough? We also join Kev on his jaunt to San Francisco, uh, and Steve Bonham takes a look forward to an old song we might revive in the studio. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring The Long Road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. If those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We are embracing all of those things, we're celebrating all of that, and we'd love it if you joined us on the journey. I am Chris the Bish Leiden. It's great to have you with us for another week of Vagabonding. Huge thanks to everyone who has liked, shared, supported or listened to our new single release from last week, On a Bridge Across the River. Uh, We're starting to get some traction with it now out in the world, so please do keep liking and sharing. Uh, The first section proper of today's uh, podcast is me, Steve Bonham, the Vagabond philosopher, and Kev the Big Man Moore. Uh, We got together to have a chat about On a Bridge Across the River, and that's coming up in just a moment. Also, huge thanks to everyone who has watched the uh, the first episode of our Transatlantic Connection show on YouTube. The second episode is coming out on Tuesday the 15th of September 2020, so check that out as well. Uh, like and subscribe to that channel, um, youtube.com slash the vagabond way, to keep updated when new episodes come out. Uh, and don't forget that me, Steve and Kev, we have our curated playlists on Spotify for you to enjoy as well. Search for Transatlantic Connection to find mine and Steve's. Uh, Kev's is still under the old moniker of Anglo-Americana, so search for that and you'll and you'll find his they're collections of songs that inspire us now or have inspired us in the past or they've got some connection to our songwriting these days in some form so a nice mix of things to listen to there anyway enough from me i'm going to hand over to me again uh, as steve kevin i joined forces to form the long road So here we are again, the three of us from the long road, Steve Bonham in Derbyshire at home, Hello. Kev uh, from Spain at home, Hola. and me, Chris the Bish, I'm at home in Manchester. And this week we're talking about our brand new single, which was launched last Friday, hopefully you've heard about it on the podcast, uh, it's called On a Bridge Across the River, it is the, the lead single from our upcoming EP uh, in, a, in a couple of months called Out of the Darkness. Steve, how's it going so far? How's this first week been of having launched a new single? It's, it's different to the old days, isn't it? When you used to kind of have a gig <laughs> or a party or something. It, it kind of starts in lots of places all at once. But I think we're doing all right. The Spotify numbers started to tick over today. And I know it's getting radio airplays because people have been telling me. Lovely feedback. Really got it. And the video's going down well, too. I don't know what the numbers mean, but the numbers are ahead of the other numbers. That, that, I think that's a good but, thing. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I, wish the, I wish the analytics pages on all these sites just said that sometimes, just in big letters. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And not, like, not worrying about these percentages and all that stuff. It's so complicated. Chill, man. That's all I need to say. But I, I'm getting some good feedback about it, too. I think it's been well received. So. And it's kind of funny to think that, you know, a, a month ago or whenever it was when we, we were having a chat like this and we were gearing up for one of the other tracks off the EP to be the the leads the lead single and then in in this in the course of 90 minutes everything everything changed in this case it's usually me <laughs> but completely and utterly Kev's fault really yes I, I fear I fear you're rubbing off on me Steve it's a bit worrying <laughs> but it's funny because I mean coming out of the studio I think 
I think we all thought we'd done an all right job with this one. Yeah, yeah. I think Steve had his reservations, but I thought, yeah, I think I think it sounded good. But then it's when you compare the the original version we came out of the studio with to this one now, you just think, how did we? How were we were we going to settle for that? Yeah, uh, and that's and it's amazing, isn't it? That it's, it was missing that little sprinkle of magic dust, whatever. whatever I, I it think what one of the things with studio work is with the best will in the world i mean we we we're pretty good with that we we take our time and record things as best we can and uh try not to put too many constraints on on the time factor and, and get it done you know to the to best standard we can but you still can't legislate for that time when you just sit with it for a while and 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 let it wash over you and go back to it and listen again i mean there is there is an art to it isn't there that when you start to write write something yeah Sometimes things flow very, very quickly, and it just it all kind of makes sense. And other times, you you do a bit and you leave it for a, a night, and you come back to it the next day. You go, okay, yeah, that was fine, but I'm going to change this or do that. I, I don't think the 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 ingredient of time in a, in the creative process can ever be underestimated. No, absolutely. Sometimes the only solution to the to uh, an artistic problem, if you like, mm. is time. Yeah. yeah, is letting the brain <laughs> wash over things. My my cousin who's an artist, I remember years and years ago, uh, going to see her exhibition, which was very she was very very avant garde. I asked a sort of ignorant question, you know, what's it about? And she said, I won't know for a few months. And 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 actually, she she was right, you know. But that's how it often is. And that particular song, I, I think it, it's very deep, isn't it? In a studio, you're trying to technically do your best a lot too, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of good little bits in that song that needed to be executed really, really well. And then in doing that, we, we've been, we've been the, the craftspeople. Yeah. And then we needed to come away and let it settle and say, Let, you know, let's put some art, art back into it, you know. I think we've sprinkled the spice on it now and, and it's... Um... Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say about that. Uh, some songs, uh, I think probably um, one of the uh, one on the earlier LPs, I, I can't, uh, one of the earlier EPs, I can't remember which one it was now, but it came together really, really quickly and, and didn't need any more than that. But I've had uh, instances with other albums I've worked on where one particular song on the album seemed to be laboured but it wasn't really it needed that amount of time on it it needed mm. consideration uh yeah. because some songs just come together that way you know it's it's an yeah. in as you say time's an ingredient that shouldn't be underestimated one of the hard decisions we had to make was do we crank out this organ do we do we yeah fire up the beast that that lived in the corner of Stuart's Woodward I just, Studios. I just remember, I, I picture that, you know, Kev and I are of a generation where we go, that that's, you know, that is the beast from the swamp that you need, you need on. And then to meet one in the flesh, you know, and realise that it took Stuart best part of two hours to construct, you know, and getting out old chipped wooden boxes and plugging things in. It looked like... Look, we made made a baker light. Uh, uh, you know, yes, uh, the, the yeah. thing. if this thing catches fire, we're going to be dead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm old enough to have been in a band where we actually had a real one in the band, and it was sawn yeah. in half so we could get it upstairs to gigs. That was hard work. 
<laughs> my wow. Yeah. But if, I mean, for me, it was a, it's 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 always a challenge because you know I don't have a Hammond organ to practice on at home. It's an absolute mystery to if there's anybody on this planet that tells you what they know, all the knobs and buttons and levers and things do, they're lying. Absolutely, <laughs> nobody, not not even Mister Hammond himself, yes. knows what those knobs and levers do. So while Stuart was setting up, I spent you know. 15, 20 minutes just <laughs> fiddling with the knobs trying to find the right sound and somehow you end up with a sound that you think yeah actually this will work and it was it was a joy to play this you know yeah. monstrous beast gurgling out of these out of the corner of the room I love it when Steve asked me to revisit the, the song because uh, I hadn't listened to it for some time really after we'd recorded it and that, the first thing that struck me when I fired it up was, whoa, there's the Hammond, you know, and it, and it really... It, the Hammond and the, the, the vocals in the chorus. Oh, my God, the vocals in the chorus. I just, I just, I love it. Yeah. And the, there's, there's some of which, I mean, if, if you know it's there, you can hear it. But, yeah. Kev, some of your, some of your high vocals uh, on, in those choruses are just outrageous. It's outrageous. I just, I was on one, sometimes when you're a vocalist, you have... One of those days where it, <laughs> your, your voice just opens up and I'm like, how the hell am I getting to these notes? <laughs> I, I think it Love used it. to be, you know, you probably want to bleep this out, but didn't it used to be called the Twisted Knacker vocal? I think it probably <laughs> did, yeah. It's funny, I was talking to my mate, my mate Alex, who was the, my predecessor in Witchcross, uh, and the, the, the debut album that I wasn't on, uh, his vocal performance on the album is off the off the dial and, and he, he told me he said I, I, I never managed that again but he says for some reason on that day that album when I put all the vocals down it just worked and I said but that's enough you know that is your document nobody will ever take that yeah. away from you 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 hit all that stuff there's some bits on, on, on just about every recording we've ever done the, the three of us there's some bits that I listen back to some of my own playing and I think oh I've no idea how. I've no idea what notes I played. Yeah. Well, I'd have to. I'd have to spend a serious amount of time. That, that's listening actually to that my constant state, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- but that's the that's the that's the brilliant of what what we're lucky enough to do as musicians is yeah. the the serendipity sometimes of what our fingers t- tumbles out of our yeah, fingers yeah. or out of our yeah. mouths. That's, that's and art, it just isn't works. It? Yeah, it's absolutely beauty, beauty. So anyway, that is uh, On a Bridge Across the River. Um, so it's out there in the world on Spotify and Apple Music. You can all go and have a listen to it. Search for the um, the video on YouTube uh, and let us know what you think. On a Bridge Across the River, the new single from Steve Bonham and The Long Road. The video for done by me uh, lots of footage of nashville uh, and in particular the uh, the river the cumberland river uh, and the bridge from the title of the song the the john siegenthaler pedestrian bridge um so that video is up on youtube just search for on a bridge across the river uh, and you should find it or youtube.com slash the vagabond way you'll find it and you can always find the song on spotify or apple music or loads of other digital stores and platforms so please do share it if you like it with your pals who might like it as well takes us into the history and the form of a song we've been playing live for years now uh, and it's a good one in my books um, it always goes down well and it's, it's great fun to play it's called London Midnight Talking uh, and I'm going to hand you over to Steve I 
that's just about my uh, favorite riff that I've, I've ever written I think um, and it comes from my song in the mix this week which is a song called London Midnight Talking this is a song we recorded before um, way back on an album called The Murmuring of Thieves well you might wonder why why we might do it again well I think couple of reasons one is that the sound of the long road is is so much different now than it was then i think for that album some some lovely songs on it but we were still feeling our way on where we're going to go and the um the maestro uh kevin not turned up and uh no one has released the bishop on the hammond organ in quite the way he does it now so we've got a new sound and the other thing i think was that album itself, we didn't really promote for various reasons. It, it came at a funny time in my life and, and my heart wasn't where it should be for that. So it just it seems an opportune time to start thinking about that again because it's a song that goes down really, really well at gigs. Um, it's a song I play a lot in my solo work and uh, when we play it live, we always get a lot of nice feedback about it. And it's a song that, I guess, also matters to me I mean it, it all did just start with that riff you know and and, and the whole guitar piece is, is quite there are no what you call them standard causes uh, chords rather <laughs> in it at all and, and it moves through different phases you've got this riff and then you've got a run down Middle bit, and you know, if there's a chorus, the chorus is in the middle between a kind of short A verse and a even shorter B verse. So all in all, it's it it's structurally interesting. I love playing it, and then, and then the the topic of the song, uh, well, like with a lot of songs. The title came first and, and it just hung there like a, a catalyst, a seed, if you like, waiting to grow into something. And that was the phrase, London Midnight Talking. And it kind of grew into a slightly surreal piece, you know. I imagined, I used to stay in London quite a lot and walking around town, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. You'd see all these little conversations going on, you know, in the shadows and down the little alleys and in the outside the exit doors of clubs and pubs and you wonder what was being said and I think too I started to remember a, a very important conversation I was having with somebody once you know who was telling me the truth at a time when I, I needed the truth being told and, you know and, and sometimes I think in the world conversations uh, are the most healing thing that we can offer another person you know, it's what we can do out of love for somebody rather than just because we're in love with somebody. And, uh, yeah, I worked on this song really hard for a long time and uh, I'm really pleased with it. And uh, I offer it to the boys. I offer it to them some, something we might do. Um, and uh, Kev's always got a challenge because uh, on the original, Dave Pegg played the bass. <laughs> Love 
animate that talking with dreams of boards and souls. And I felt it land against me as we struggled through the cold. Through streets of would be diamonds, streets of brittle fame. And the master words were silent, watched her lips still shape the name. Talking, a time of tumbling leaves, the shadows and the dancers, the murmuring of thieves, and who words were like to lead or steal, cut me to the bone. But this kind of sinner, soft eyes, the break a heart of stone. Tumbling leaves 
the shadows and the dances, the murmuring of these. It's London midnight talking. Everyone and welcome once again to Kev's Cafe Corner. And this week I'm sort of pondering on the development of my slot in the show. And it, it's kind of become self-evident that uh, Kev's Cafe is really our meeting place, isn't it, dear listeners, where, where we gather to, uh, to listen to my tales of uh, what and wherever I've been. And it doesn't always involve a cafe, I guess, but it's often such places that remind me of a trip somewhere and thereby another tale will hang, etc. So we may not, from this point forward, always be uh, discussing a cafeteria. Um, sometimes we will, sometimes we won't. But basically, this is, this is the place where my cafe exists in this show and... Uh, we all come together and, and you can listen to my tales of, uh, of my travels around the world in various parts. And this week, we're in San Francisco, which uh, is currently undergoing some terrible trials. The uh, photos that are coming out of there with the fires, it looks like um, Mars at night. It's, it's quite striking. And San Francisco is one of my favourite places on the planet I spent some time there when I was on tour in the States in 98 and uh, quite simply didn't want to leave, to be honest. It was it's an amazing place, steeped in history, musical and otherwise. And I wanted to highlight a shop today, a record shop. Now, this particular shop, I believe there's one in Los Angeles as well um, and maybe more around the States, I don't know, but this particular one is very famous and it's called Amoeba Records. And Amoeba Records is, if you can imagine um, an Aldi supermarket, it's like that, but records. So it's huge. I mean, you go in with a shopping trolley, which is very, very bad for somebody like me. If I've got a big supermarket trolley and I am wandering down aisles full of fantastic bargains of CDs and what have you... Uh, it's highly likely that uh, the trolley will be filled and my wallet will be considerably lighter. And that is indeed what happened when I spent some time in Amoeba Records back in 98. And it's just one of those amazing, amazing stores that we must keep these places alive. I'm sure at the moment they're, they're selling a lot of vinyl and what have you. Um, and it's uh, it's a store that... It makes you explore. You explore other genres. You, It's a place you can hang out in, really, for most of the day. And I discovered so much new music just by spending the day sauntering up and down the aisles in there. And these, these places are, are, are temples to creativity, you know. And I just feel that it's it's one of those things in the world that we should look after, we should care for. There aren't too many of them around, but they're hanging in there. And I'm thinking that perhaps on Kef's Cafe Corner over the next few weeks, I might highlight a few of these important record stores that we have around the world. 
uh, Amoeba in San Francisco. If you're ever over there, uh, you must check it out. It's an incredible Aladdin's cave of music. Um, and I think over the next few weeks, I'll probably take you to a few other ones that I've uh, had the fortune of uh, coming across in my travels around the world. So, so look out for that. But for now, that's all from me. Keep buying vinyl, keep buying CDs, keep buying, you know, downloads if, if, you, if that's your bag. But it's important to support music because it's going through a tough time and we really need the arts to feed our souls in, this, uh, in these days. All right, take care. Talk to you next time. <laughs> I'd absolutely echo Kev's sentiments there. The world is in a tricky place right now uh, in many, many senses. Um, and there are, there are some things which will be lost for a while, some things lost forever, um, and some of those things won't be missed. But um, you know, forever, the human race has had creativity and the, the arts. We've always needed to express ourselves. Um, Amoeba Records in San Francisco there sounds like a, a great one-stop shop for all kinds of musical taste. Um, I've had a quick look at the, the pics on the website, uh, and I can just picture Kev you know, loading up a trolley full of records and CDs and then going home and listening to each and every one of them, um, posting a, a thoughtful comment and a picture on Facebook as he goes, as is de rigueur these days. If you can, support your local shops, your local artists, and your local centres for the arts. You know, buy a piece of merch or go and use their cafe if it's open or you know download the latest album or donate to their crowdfunder um, for their next project or just tell some pals about their stuff and why you think it's great and, and why your pals might like it as well you know word of mouth is a powerful ally there continue to be tough times ahead uh, and we're going to need the arts and artists to help make sense of it all so please do what you can to support One of my favourite purchases during lockdown has been this quaint-looking, sort of faux gold-coloured metal box, uh, about the size of a small loaf of bread. It's got a sliding lid and has little ridges all over the sides uh, and three little holes in the bottom. Um, to me, it looks like a, a prop from a Doctor Who episode from the 70s. Uh, maybe that's why it's tickled me so. Uh, you know, it should contain a glowing orb that the, the Doctor's companion slowly uncovers and reaches down into the box to touch before being thrown aside by some cosmic blast and their their friend imperiled the doctor leaps into action to save them over the course of four 23 minute episodes um, as it happens this metal box is in fact a loaf tin um, well i mean this section is the bishop's daily bread and i've made loads of little loaves with this tin um, my quest though is to create the perfect square loaf Okay, okay, I can hear the pedants out there, my late father, chief amongst them, declaring, you mean cuboid? A square is a two-dimensional thing. A cuboid would be three-dimensional. Yes, fine, uh, because no one knew what I meant when I said square loaf, obviously. Okay, a cuboid loaf, then. That's the dream. Uh, you know, like they have at the supermarket. Precisely the right shape for a, for a ham sandwich made with that square ham. Now, there's two main factors, as far as I can see. The shape and the internal texture. Internal texture is a mystery to me. How do you get that fluffiness? There must there must be a way. They, you know, big baker, uh, as opposed to big farmer, they do it. The shape, though, I am getting closer. This cuboid tin is, apparently, uh, a two-pound loaf tin. A recipe using 500 grams of flour um, should be fine for it. 
And I've had very mixed success. You know, one time such was the excess of dough during the, the prove that it had forced open the sliding lid a little uh, and the dough was edging its way to freedom. You know, flashbacks to that scene from Sleeper I talk about all those months ago. Um, Sleeper, a Woody Allen film featuring a, a rogue ball of dough. Um, I mean, I baked that one anyway. And actually it was just about as cuboid as you're ever going to get. Um, you know, there, there were some nice sharp edges to it. Uh, but I felt it was cheating somehow, the extra dough having escaped rather than my goal of finding the the correct recipe and conditions to give me a perfectly cuboid loaf without any overflow. Well, that's the plan anyway. Perhaps it's not possible. Too many variables. But in the meantime, I get to have regular delicious homemade bread, fine by me. Perhaps I should remind myself, though, about the boxes that one chooses for oneself, or, or the loaf tins in my case, that sometimes it's okay to not worry about your particular loaf tin for a bit, forget about achieving the perfect cuboid loaf. Just bake the loaf, any old how, any old shape. Sometimes you just got to break free. Or, perhaps I should say, bake free. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, wherever in the world you are. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, the next episode will be out next Friday. Don't forget to join us on YouTube for the Transatlantic Connection show uh, and become part of the Transatlantic Connection movement. Head to youtube.com slash The Vagabond Way. You can find us on Facebook, The Vagabond Way, or Steve Bonham and the Long Road. Um, all of our music is on Spotify and Apple Music. Go and have a listen. Give us a follow. If you like what you hear, share it with your pals who might like it as well. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Vagabond Way. So big thank you to our Patreons and a special shout out to... Orla Flynn, James Lydon, Yvette Lydon, and Trish Taylor, thank you for your ongoing support. Patreon is a great platform that makes it super easy for anyone out there, you, to support content that you love on a monthly basis. It gives you direct access to the people creating the stuff you love, us, hopefully, and you get to play an integral part in shaping the direction of the things that we make. So, become a Vagabonder. That's our name for our supporters on Patreon. To help us create music, live performances, books and short stories, this weekly podcast, our YouTube show, and some new things we're cooking up. As a Vagabonder, you can get the recordings and books we make for free, receive exclusive Patreon-only merchandise in the post, get regular behind-the-scenes updates from us, unlock access to exclusive livestream performances and Q&As, and lots more. You can help us create something different, something that entertains, and something that inspires others. So... Join us on the journey and release The Vagabond Within, patreon.com slash thevagabondway. Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers, for joining us on The Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now. (laughs) 